Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Expanding your horizon on what greens you consume can really help you increase how much you're, you know, eating them because then it's not, oh God, I have to have kale yet again. That was a Scoffier trained chef, Stephanie, who joins us later in the episode to share her cooking and nutrition tips. Skip to chapter two if you want to go straight to the interview. But first, Molly and I from the Vegan Food and Living team are talking all things health and nutrition as well. Um, How to deal with delayed onset muscle soreness, uh, what to eat when you're not feeling too great, thyroid health, and also reviewing a range of turmeric products and some new knotted tofu. Well, not sure if you missed us last week. We did take a little tiny little break. We we thought we'd let you catch up with some um, older episodes and yes. um, just kind of, you know, start start a fresh new month. Yes. Yeah, so what's been going on in your world, Molly? You're, you're not too well, are you? No, I'm not. I'm poorly. Everybody <laughs> has the, the cold or COVID again. It's that time of year. We're all... Oh, it's just, yeah, the the weather just changed and my body was like, nope, can't do it. Uh, throwing a tantrum. Um, so, yes, apologies if I'm sounding quite nasally and all that horrible stuff. But um, I'm actually getting... I feel a bit better today. Um, I just no energy. My brain was just like, you're going to sit on the sofa all day and not do anything apart from <laughs> work from your laptop. And that's what I've been doing. So yes. It sucks, um, doesn't it? Especially as we're vegan. I mean, we should never get ill. <laughs> I know. But to be honest though, I have um I've been laughing up all of the vitamins. I've been having loads of just really healthy things. I've just been really watching my like what I'm eating. Um and I feel like it has kind of made me feel a bit better. I I did feel shit, not gonna lie, but I feel like I didn't feel as shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How we we sort of get ill and then suddenly we start necking all these different potions and things. I know. If I just did this all the time, then I wouldn't be ill. (laughs) Exactly. Well, before you got ill, we were both kind of like on a bit of a health kick anyway, weren't we? And we were were like trying to sort of get back into our um, like HIIT training and weight training Mm -hmm. and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned before, so you do your weight training with is it someone online. Yeah. So her name's Courtney Black. She's quite a, she's like a celebrity influencer, personal trainer sort of thing. Maybe not like person influencers such. She's just amazing. She's so down to earth and she's just got this amazing, um, it's an app and she has like personal training, um, routine thing that goes on there she has loads of different trainers on there and it's just amazing you pay for it monthly um and I just love that so much better than going to the gym for me um and yeah she's just got loads of um like recipes and stuff on the app as well uh lots of vegan ones and she does like all the macros and all of that jazzy stuff which just makes my life a dream um do you have yeah. do you have weight do you do it at home with weights yes I do I do um I have they're not very heavy though they're like I have two five kilos so not heavy at all yeah um, but you can build up can't you like yeah you, you need you to can, start small otherwise you're just gonna yeah. strain all your muscles I know so I I am actually due to have some um some bigger ones um <laughs> but they're just pretty expensive aren't they weights very very expensive actually yeah they can be sometimes they do them in um in the the uh middle of little or Ooh, the middle of LD. I've I've got dream. some good, yeah although they don't tend to be very heavy so mm. yeah at Argos you can get them Argos are the ones that I've gotten from and I I like having the hexagonal ones because I like doing um I'm just going to show off now and I actually do this thing called Renegade Road I don't know if you've ever done that before oh uh, it sounds familiar I think so, it's like but... when you go into a plank and you are um holding the weights and then you lift the weight up oh, to your yes. side um and then you do it on each side and then I do devil presses as well where it's kind of like a burpee situation and you swing the weights I actually bloody love it but I I have such a I don't know like my routine if my routine's broken I find it so hard to get back into doing exercise not so much healthy eating but I feel like if I stop exercising and then sort of it's like a catalyst like everything then starts going bad I'll start yeah having a bottle of wine in the middle of the week I'll be having a takeaway in the middle of the week I'll be doing all of these extra things that I not shouldn't be doing but know that they're not going to make you feel great yeah exactly exactly yeah it's so hard it's life gets in the way sometimes like you said you know you're not very well and that throws you off or yeah I, I my life's kind of a bit crazy and hectic at the moment so you know, I've been, yeah, sort of, it's just like crawling back onto that wagon again, isn't it? It's like, I know. come on, I was feeling so good, but then life punched me down and I'm going to get back it's up just, again. It's just the battle, isn't it? I feel like this process is probably going to happen for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's people that are just like, I'm, I religiously go to the gym every single day. And like, I've not, I've not, not been to the gym in this many or in the middle of the week, or whatever, for this many years. It's like, what do you do what is your life how what yeah. what job have you got because I just can't I don't know whether it's me my sort of willpower and just the sort of determination but I I find that whole sort of as you say keeping on the wagon a bit of a struggle I think it's a lot of things it's a lot of factors isn't it it's kind of having boundaries so mm-hmm. no, knowing when to say no I can't do that because that is my gym time or I will be yeah. you know um, and it's, it's, it's willpower. Um, I know that when I've done my, 
my beloved boot camp class, which finished at the, you know, when the pandemic hit. It was just amazing. I went, I went twice a week. Yeah. At 6.30 a.m. Oh, go on, like, girl. For like two years. And I was in the best shape ever. I felt fantastic. And I had such a laugh when I was there as well. It wasn't. Did it not like... come back? No. So oh. the woman that ran it kind of um, didn't want to keep doing it. And then she got injured and she, she, she has mentioned maybe doing it from January. I, I live Ooh. in home, but you know what it's like? You get that community thing going. I, yeah. mean, like, I know everyone's different. Like you say, it works for you doing it at home. For me, yeah. I need that motivation. It's like, if I know all my gym buddies are going to be mm-hmm. at the boot camp class or the hit class or whatever, it's like FOMO. So yeah, it I makes know what you me mean. go. I'm like, I yeah. need to get up at six and I need to like get there because they're all going to be having a chat and a laugh and I'm going to miss out. So then it makes me do it. Yeah. And I suppose it's kind of like the aspect of getting up and going somewhere. I sometimes I have like a little bit of um, like FOMO, as you say, about like, I don't know, I'm just doing it in my living room and then there's no sort of like separation. It's just like I'll be working in my living room working out in my living room then <laughs> chilling in my living room oh, every aspect of my living room like homes my life um <laughs> yeah. and like yeah I do kind of miss that aspect of it and I was sort of thinking me and my partner would be moving soon and we'd be moving in with his parents and I was thinking like maybe then that would be the time that I then go to the gym so that you I want to like... get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no offense, Cherry's parents. But no offense, yeah. Cherry's parents. No, not at all. But yeah, I, I feel like that would be, um, yeah, go, waking up at six, it's, it's a hard one. But as you say, once you're in the routine of it all. Oh, once you do it and you've done that workout, you feel so smug. You're like, huh, whatever today throws at me, I've done my workout. I am superwoman. So It yeah. can't get any harder than this. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about doms, weren't we? Like um, during our week off because we had been working out. <laughs> yes, we had been. Uh, we're not anymore. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on it next week. Next we week. promise. Next week. But next yeah. Week. Um, I was kind of looking into what what helps them um, and definitely protein powder is something because it kind of when you do weights and stuff it kind of like creates tiny tears doesn't it in the muscle mm, explain to me what DOMS is so it's just like um, pulled muscles and stuff like that well no it's delayed onset muscle soreness so it's Ooh. kind of yeah so it's kind of good pain because it means you've really worked your muscles yeah, it's sort of where the muscles are expanding. Yeah. Um, and kind of like, yeah, growing. Yeah, protein powder is really good to rebuild and, you know, help your muscles recover because mm-hmm. um, the amino acids. So that's good to stick in a smoothie. I've really got out of the habit of having smoothies, though. I just. Yeah, I'm I'm such a seasonal person. So like as soon as the cold weather comes, I can't have a smoothie. Too cold. Yeah. I need porridge. So I have been having protein porridge. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, I just and it's quite sort of low fat too. I just have oats with water, um, and then like wow. a vanilla protein powder. But what, obviously what? the the oats and the water mixed together sort of makes like an oat milk anyway. Yeah, um, so true. Yeah, so it kind of goes creamy, which and I love it. I I got the recipe from um the Courtney Black app, and um yeah, I sort of never thought of it before, but. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally obviously. makes sense. What protein powder brand do you use? 
um i believe i use pro- i think it's called protein works so okay. um yeah that's a they do vegan and non-vegans but obviously my one's the vegan one they do loads of different flavors i just have vanilla i'm not one of these like salted caramel or cookie dough no. or, i don't know sunday roast flavor i don't know <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should do that, shouldn't they? Should you that. can literally get any flavor. Well, maybe not any flavor, but I the know I, they do now, and they don't really taste like that thing. It's no, just... I was sent a carrot cake flavor by one brand, but um, I like Vivo Life. Okay, um, no, I which, don't know if I've heard of that. Um, it's kind of championed by a load of the plant-based kind of muscle men so do you, have you heard of Derek Simnett and um, no I've not uh Nimai Delgado and no I'm out of the guys. game I'm out, no. I'm, out of the, I'm out of the loop I I think they were oh where where did I meet them I think I met them at some of the shows like pre-pandemic okay and um yeah they're kind of have a look them up on instagram they're kind of influencers and big muscle men but they're really super lovely as well so yeah there's quite a few um vegan protein things out there now i think my vegan is another one i think they do like uh we've i think we've had samples on the show before actually like cookie like protein cookies and stuff like that um yeah there's so much stuff out there um and lots as I said lots of different flavors yeah I think just I think it's just important to look for what's in it isn't it because yeah sometimes it's they do use a lot of fillers and things like that so yeah and I think um, they can kind of be quite high sugar as well sometimes I think especially like the flavored ones if they are yeah. more sweet um they do tend to be quite high sugar so yeah have a little look but I think you can get like clear ones now you can get so much stuff yeah apparently nuts and seeds are good as well for doms so like chia seeds black seeds walnuts things like that so mm. you can stick some of those on top of your protein porridge and you'd be yeah well away you're filled for the day well maybe not for the day for the next three hours <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty filling though doesn't it porridge with nuts mm. um well i i've had a bit of an interesting few weeks um not only has my husband been away doing training for a new job in edinburgh leaving me to deal with absolutely everything um (laughs) oh my god it's been hard work but i um so i had a blood test because i was kind of getting paranoid about um like uh, i mean it's quite topical because it's um it's menopause month isn't it so everyone's Mm. kind of talking about it which is great really really good um, but I think the more you kind of hear about it, being 43, you start thinking, oh, my God, maybe I've got that symptom. Maybe I've got that symptom. And yeah. you, know, you can you can go through phases of being a bit tired or being a bit scatty or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's you don't hard. clock it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know whether it's because of that or whether it's just because I'm so busy or I'm stressed or, or what, really. So yeah. um went to the doctors and said, you know, I don't know if I'm perimenopausal. I don't I don't know. Like you know I, I do get sort of night sweat sometimes mm. gross um, no, not gross so, not gross it, yeah it really is <laughs> come and okay. sleep with me for a night <laughs> <You're Okay>. like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so he said okay well we haven't done any bloods for a few years so let's you know do a blood test and um it fell on two days after glastonbury this blood oh, test no. <laughs> so i was like oh <laughs> you know liver liver 
failure or something's going to show up. Um, but but he said, oh, um, it's your thyroid hormones are kind of borderline. Come back in two months and have another blood test. And I was like, thyroid? Blimey. Like, wasn't expecting that. So I was like, okay, weird. Um, I'll come back in two months and I'm sure it'll be back to normal. Because I'm vegan and I'm invincible, <laughs> you know. Even if you're not vegan, you think you think you're invincible, don't you? Like yeah. you just don't expect to start getting sort of any health problems until you're, I don't know, sixty odd. Anyway, um, went back, did the blood test, and uh, got them back on Friday, and they said, "Oh, um, they've come back abnormal." You know, ring ne- ring next week uh, to speak to the doctor, and I was like, "Um, can I?" maybe speak to a doctor today because I'm going to be freaking Next out. Next week. I know. Bloody hell. I know. I mean, what does abnormal mean? Is it cancer? Is it, is it, what yeah, is it? That's, that's pretty vague. Yeah. So, um, the doctor rang me and it's not one of the doctors that I particularly rate. And obviously GPs, you know, of doing this podcast, I I've realized that I am a huge advocate of lifestyle medicine mm-hmm. and, when it comes to GPs, I don't have an awful lot of faith. I know that they are doing, you know, an amazing job and they're doing yeah. what, what they're doing within their, you know, it, within their boundaries and mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, he said, oh, yes, uh, you've got hypo hypothyroidism. So you're not, your thyroid is not producing the hormones it should. And you just need to take a tablet. Um, a basically hormone tablet for the rest mm. of your life. <laughs> like, That's quite big news, isn't it? It is. Like for me, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I burst into tears afterwards. I was like, a tablet for the rest of my life. Like That's I, that's a lot. And I mean, I like know. A, hormone, a hormone tablet as well, I think, um, you know, yeah, that's that's quite big news. I know, especially doing the job I do and constantly speaking to all these amazing nutritionists and scientists mm. and doctors and stuff about, you know, about all the ways in which you can kind of look after your body. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of a shock and uh, mentioned it to my friend who's a personal trainer and nutritionist. And she sent me a link to um, a podcast episode about the thyroid by mm-hmm. the physicians committee in america so you know like okay. dr neil bunnard um, yes, yes, yes. so amazing guys like top of their game no you know really know their stuff so i had a listen and um basically it sort of can be two things it's, it seems one is a lack of iodine okay which is found in seafood but also seaweed Mm. Um, I mean, I do eat my nori wraps at least a few times a week, but is that enough? I don't know. Nori wraps. Talk to me more about these later when you're finished. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, <laughs> I want to know about these nori wraps. Keep going. <laughs> you don't, do you have nori? Yeah, but what? You just put it in a wrap, or you use it as a wrap? Oh, I use it for all sorts. So I <gasps> sometimes I just rip it up and eat it as like on its own. Oh yeah, I do that. I do that. <laughs> or I might do instead of a, a bread like sandwich i'll i'll stick stuff in the middle of the nori like a kind of nori spring roll yeah like anything mm. chickpea tuna god why am in I a nori even... wrap or I why don't know. am i one years old now <laughs> when i've just figured this out bloody it's, hell it's no it's because of my friend who is like miss mrs super healthy plant-based queen so yeah it's all down that. to her okay um, but anyway, so it could be that, or it could be an autoimmune uh, condition. 
right that's when your body's like started to attack itself and Mm -hmm. you know which would make sense because this year has been i know for many many people (laughs) the last few years have been extremely stressful obviously i've had the you know um issues with my daughter and and Mm -hmm. things like that so um yeah, I'm I'm basically sort of delving into looking looking at it. I'm I'm speaking to the doctor actually later today to, to find out what my iodine levels were. Yeah. Because they they never mentioned the iodine on the phone. They wouldn't, would they? They did No. He just said it's an autoimmune condition. They're just yeah, I understand. They're busy. They've got stuff to do and for them it's just like I'm going to give you this tablet and I'm going to go to the next patient and I completely respect that. Yeah. But when it comes down to you wanting to have control of your own health, then I, yeah, I understand why you like yeah. dig a bit further. Interesting though, that it's an autoimmune, like it could be an autoimmune disease. My friend, um, she it, had COVID um, when COVID was big. And um, <laughs> when it, when it was when, trendy. When COVID was trendy. Way <laughs> um, <laughs> wrong. Uh, and um she had alpecia um like a very mild sort of alpecia um and she sort of started just looked at her diet um she's not a vegan at all though she's kind of very um what's the what is the thing paleo is that what it's called oh yes okay so she is like an advocate for paleo right. um but she is no grains no soy no sort of like gmo so like she doesn't have peas like stuff like that very very it's a very strict strict diet right um but her hair did come back oh wow yeah her hair did come back um and what after yeah. switching her diet or yeah after switching her diet Right. Okay. God, that's, it's so hard to know, isn't it? Without, you know, because it it could have, I guess. Everybody is different. Might work for her and her symptoms and her issues, but then it might not work for, for the next person, you know? So it's really, really difficult. And I think it's just kind of like finding what works. Um, the grains and soy thing, I know that it's sort of been um, not disproven, but also disproven that it, it's not bad for the body yeah um, I'm also not qualified to say any of this information by the way I'm just <laughs> passing saying things that I've heard yeah um, things you read a lot don't you doing our jobs you do read yeah. a lot of research and, and news articles and things so it's yeah we're obviously we're not qualified doctors or nutritionists but we do we do kind of um yeah, we do absorb a lot of information along yeah. the way. So yeah, I mean, soy uh, has had a real bad rap over the last you know few years, whether it's for health or environmental reasons. And I think mm-hmm. all of that has been kind of pretty much disproven. Yeah, but like like you say, we're all different, and and some some foods can maybe aggravate conditions in people that in others they wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. It's um, like allergies, isn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it was it was very interesting this podcast episode, and I'll I'll, I'll include it in the show notes for anyone um, who's interested because uh, because they were saying on on the on the show that when they 
uh, posted about the thyroid, they had such an incredible, I mean, obviously they're in America, but they had yeah. such a huge response. It seems to be like a majorly sort of common condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, why is that? You know, so um, they, it's, I think the podcast part of their body imbalance series and actually um, that's actually a book that I'm ordering I think it's okay. Neil Bernard who um, who wrote it and it's called Your Body Imbalance. Just all about hormones. And I mean, I obviously haven't read it yet, but I think, you know, there's so many chemicals around in our environments and things. I and know. it's like, no wonder we're all out of whack, you know? I know. Hormones really, really, really scare me. Like yeah. having like additional hormones. I don't know. It's something that like, well, I had the pill when I was younger and that like, oh God, that really done a number on me it was horrible and I think since then (laughs) I've just been like nah I can't so like the idea of as you say taking the tablet for the rest of your life that's a hormone sort of thing it's just like what else can I do to sort of counteract this or like even just sort of relieve the symptoms it do you know what I mean yeah I know well the doctor on the phone said that um my thyroid is damaged and it will never be repaired and I'm there stubbornly thinking well whole (laughs) whole food plant-based diet so I'm basically doing an experiment on myself um so anyone listening stay tuned for that I will be keeping you updated um and yeah just watch this space I'm I'm not going to be taking those hormones I'm determined to sort it out naturally so I feel like we need to do like a we do not recommend doing this at home (laughs) (laughs) disclaimer please follow your gp's advice unless you're as stubborn as holly so yeah um you know i think it's a very individual decision and um you know who knows maybe in a couple of weeks i will have done a lot of research and thought you know what i'm just going to take the tablets but at the moment i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna um yeah I'm not just going to take them. I'm <laughs> not going to do what I'm told. <laughs> anyway, this week, saying on the topic of health, this week yes. is the first international turmeric. Turmeric, turmeric, how do you pronounce it? I I never know. Turmeric. I, I do turmeric. I say turmeric. I don't know. Okay. Right. Tell- I, I don't think, I really don't think I'm right. <laughs> Who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm sure our listeners will tell us. But yeah, International Turmeric Day. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's such an incredible uh, spice, isn't it? Like a natural um... healer. It yeah. is a healer. Yeah. I, so before we, so basically we got sent a dreamy, dreamy box of lovely turmeric things. And when I had this box delivered, I was like, oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. I hate turmeric. Oh, um, really? Yes. I really, really. It's very potent, isn't it? It's it's a very um, unique flavor, isn't it? It's yeah. quite um, bitter, yeah. but also fragrant. I don't know. It's something that normally I like. Why don't I enjoy this? I love these flavors. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Um. But oh my god, the the stuff that we got sent from it's uh, Vadam, the company. So V A H D A M. Um, they were the, yeah it was it was insane I I'm now a turmeric latte lover oh that's so good I know I with me I'm a bit weird if I know it's and I'm sure we've said this before on the podcast I'm sure you said it um that if it 
if I know it's giving me massive health benefits, I mm. will I will almost enjoy it because I'm like, like uh, I, this I week. Didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it must be me. Not say that. <laughs> Even though it's not like you know, oh yum, this is delicious. I I'm I'm like, oh my god, this is so good for me. So I'm just sort of like, I enjoy it because of that. If that makes yeah. sense. I know what you mean. I feel like my taste buds are changing slightly because I've sort of, with this cold, I have just been filling myself with like, I don't know, herbal teas and all the stuff like that and vitamins and stuff. And I've just kind of like began to love that taste. So maybe I am. This is what I'm feeling. This I'm feeling the, turning the, point. the love of the health. <laughs> That's so good though. If I have a cold or I'm ill, I'm literally just like, I just want bread and just I know just, I have had a little what, bit of bread but yeah not, I just want sourdough kind of, yeah well that's all right I just yeah, want fine. sort of like I don't know just carbs, carbs. oh my god like... is that at the same time <laughs> <laughs> oh well the, yeah I mean they do um golden milk or turmeric latte powder which is 11 pound for a tub but you do get an awful lot in it and you don't um, need to use a lot. No, you don't. And it is it is lovely. I mean, mm. I've had I think if you if you get a turmeric latte when you're out, I think often it has sort of like um some agave syrup or something added to it. So you might want to add a little bit of that just to cut through the That's bitterness. What, that is what I did today. I just added yeah. like half a teaspoon in. Yeah. But it's you know, it, the health benefits are just massive. I mean, like uh it can improve heart health, prevent Alzheimer's, cancer. It's just like a potent anti-inflammatory, isn't it? An antioxidant. Yeah. We got we got sent an oil as well. And I was just like, I wasn't too sure what to do with this oil. It was like a turmeric essential oil. And I was having a look online, and as you say, it's like antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. Um, it's really good for skin. Um, so if you sort of suffer with like acne or stuff, it can help improve um like scars all of that if you oh, sort of mix wow. it in yeah it's insane but what if do you, you mix stain, it though? I don't know and then I maybe you would stain as well but I think you've just got to put it on and then rub it off okay. have a look have a look at the in, like instructions yeah. and whatever um but yeah it's like endorsed massively okay well I'll give that a go <laughs> Yeah. I'll be like completely yellow head to toe tomorrow. I know we'll be, we'll be so yellow <laughs> oh I love it though uh, the other thing we've reviewed this month is oh it's fairly new it launched in July into Waitrose and it's um a product called Craft Tofu Knots from Tofu Tasty Three twenty nine for a pack this was really unusual wasn't it I think it's apparently dried tofu is sort of a delicacy in China and Japan, but in the UK, it's kind of unheard of. Yeah, it's not really, um, it's not kicked off here because it's like, it's tofu skin, isn't it? I think it's, is it called Yoba something? I'm not ah, too sure. okay. So yeah, I think it says um, that the knots are made from soybeans and water, but it's like the top layer of the soy milk. Yeah, so it's, it's the, the tofu skin. And yeah. Um, yeah, I have been wanting to try it for so long because I've seen sort of like chefs and stuff use it and it just looks insane. If you kind of ever go to like a vegan or Chinese restaurant and they have vegan um, stuff, often they will use that tofu skin to recreate like duck. 
um ah. and yeah I'm all about that so when these came in the post I was like let's go I'm so yeah. excited I they they give us quite a few recipes as well didn't they and I did one and it was like um they would coat them in flour fry them a little bit so they got crispy and then coat them in like a gochujang and um like vinegar soy dressing sort of thing and put them with rice no I served them in lettuce cups and they were so good apparently they're 40 well not apparently they are 45 percent protein which is obviously higher than any meat but that's yeah that's crazy high protein like yeah they're kind of chewy and flaky and uh, really sort of different to add to a sort of a noodle dish or something yeah and I think it's just like doing tofu in a different way as well I think we've all kind of well I don't know about you I use tofu more or less every single day and I've just I don't know how many times I can stick it in the air fryer and cut it in corn flour or chickpea flour or whatever. So this is, yeah, I like these a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed today's uh, health-focused podcast. Stay tuned for our interview with Stephanie McKaylack-White, who is a, a plant-based trainer at Escoffier, which is like the top kind of French training uh, school. Obviously, well, main... culinary. Yeah, so mainly um, very much meat and fish, you know, traditional cooking. Yeah. And she kind of went through the program, do, even though she was vegan, went through the, the Scoffier program, doing all the meat and fish, and then kind of went, hey, guys, how about, you know, doing some plant-based stuff? And she's I love now, that. I know, she is so lovely and so kind of, you know, um, knowledgeable, as everyone is that we've interviewed over the past few years but she yeah she shares like her favorite kitchen tools her favorite vegetables tricks for retaining mm. more nutrients which I love I love that um, how to kind of get more greens into your uh, meals and your diet and tips for cooking from scratch so yeah really good interview keep listening Today, we have teamed up with Cracked, the No Egg Egg, which is the world's most versatile plant-based liquid egg replacement product, which allows you to cook a range of sweet and savoury recipes without actually using eggs. It's amazing. We love that. (laughs) That's right. They've actually made a plant-based egg that acts and bakes and tastes just like an egg I mean what a world we're living in right now Molly vegan eggs is hard to crack literally the best bit is it's not actually an egg it hasn't come from a chicken no animals have been involved whatsoever which is obviously better for them and the environment it it comes in the form of a liquid whole egg and you can literally make anything from like egg-free scrambled eggs omelets Yorkshire puddings cakes it's such a handy product to just have in your cupboard do you uh, do you mm. use it a lot because I know I do I I have used it and do you know what I've actually got quite a funny story to say about this um I made a tiramisu um and I was so excited I was like yes I'm gonna use this no egg, egg to um, make the sort of ladyfinger part of it and the ladyfingers came out so well they were so soft very moist um, and then I was doing the cream cheese layer and I bought soft cheese instead of cream cheese. And I thought that I could sort of mask the sort of cheesy smell, um, but I couldn't. So I had tiramisu that tasted like cheese, but the lady fingers were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you're wondering what it's made from, it's made from pea protein. So it's obviously really rich in protein. And it's also got added vitamin D and B12, which is brilliant. And it's free from 14 food allergens, cholesterol, and it's virtually fat free. Amazing. We love to see it. I know. It's available at Tesco, Ocado, Marks and Spencers, Booze, and online from the vegan kind for £3. And um, yeah, you can find it in the chilled plant and meat substitute aisles. Uh, Each bottle is equivalent to six eggs. So it lasts you a little while. And it's certified by the Vegan Society. Um, The best news is they are giving away 10 cracked the no egg egg recipe books worth 20 pounds each which contains some delicious recipes for making you know all kinds of things using this product to be in with a chance of winning a copy all you have to do is head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash competitions and you can enter there well as i said today i'm joined by chef stephanie who is lead chef instructor for escoffier's plant-based programs escoffier offer online degrees and diplomas for aspiring plant-based culinarians or anyone who wants to pursue a plant-based food career and turn their passion for healthy eating into a full-time vocation um, stephanie is passionate about seasonal and plant-based eating sustainable practices ending food insecurity and the role of self-care in the culinary industry Hi, welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. How are you? Hello, I am well. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, we're going into autumn here in the UK. So um, I don't know if it's what's what kind of weather do you have at the moment? It's a bit grey and a bit, oh, yeah. a bit gloomy over here. <laughs> yeah, I so I'm currently located in northern Kentucky, um, which I'm, I'm originally from the East Coast, uh, New England area of, of the United States, and it's a lot grayer here than I anticipated. But yeah, oh. we're moving into fall. It's starting to, you can smell the, the, the quality of the air change and yeah. the trees are starting to change. So it's, I love fall though, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> I like it when it's sunny and crisp and cold, yes. but it's just when it's all gloomy and <laughs> everything with the economy yeah. as well. It's like, oh. God. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a, a very heavy cloud. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does a bit. But anyway, let's um let's cheer our listeners up and uh, not not drag them down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, should we start by um just telling us a bit about how you became a chef and at what point you became a vegan chef? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, my career fully in the hospitality industry, um, started in my late teens, uh, but I had actually gone vegan prior to that. Um, I, I went to boarding school for high school, which was lovely and idyllic and all that fun stuff. Um, and at the time I was talking with one of my classmates, we were training for, um, ultimate Frisbee. Uh, we, we did ultimate Frisbee competitively, <laughs> uh, which is just comical nowadays. I, I, I still love, love ultimate, but, um, it's, it's, you get to run around. It's, it's really fun. And we, so we were training for the spring, um, tryouts and all that. And I don't know how we got to this conversation. We're like 14 and we go, we should try being vegetarian to see if that's going to help our performance. Why this was a thought that we had, <laughs> I, I I have no idea. But uh, we shook hands on it, made a bet, see who could do it longer. And um, I think I won that bet. But uh, at, the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I started feeling great. Um, at the same time, though, personally, you know, I, I was looking at especially the American food system and, and getting quite upset with uh, the quality of the food and and monocropping and just kind of where we were at uh, as a society. And um, it kind of fueled my stubbornness to take it from vegetarianism to veganism within a couple months. 
Uh, so I kind of went on the bandwagon really quick. Yeah. Um, and as a 14 year old at a boarding school, your options for food are quite limited. But um, I ended up taking a semester away, going up to Maine and um, working on an organic farm as kind of part of we had to do particular community service things and fell in love with farming practices. I grew up with two grandparents who uh, grew a lot um, at, at their house. And I spent a lot of time with them because both my parents were working. And, you know, so I was helping them harvest raspberries and we would sell them on the side of the road, which I don't think oh. is legal anymore, but it was, you know, it was <laughs> probably not. No, no. And I remember years later, my grandmother was like, you know, people still ask for the little girl who sells. I'm like, well, the little girl's not, well, <laughs> stature wise, I'm still little, but <laughs> so I always had a, a knack for loving knowing where my food came from and, and feeling that process. Uh, but it became quite political for me, especially from an environmental perspective. Um, and it kind of came full circle when I started uh, working on that organic farm. And we also had the option of helping out in our community kitchen uh, since it was a very small staff. And, you know, food is integral to any community anyway. And, you know, it, I just kind of fell in love with that process of farm to kitchen to plate. Uh, and when I got back to my normal high school, I was like, you know what, this probably isn't for me. So I, I left for college early, started working in a kitchen on the side. A place was called Allium. And, you know, I was an unpaid intern. They found out I was vegan. And of course, they put me on um, a not so vegan prep task right off the bat, which is, you know, it's fine because it wasn't a vegan restaurant. There weren't many vegan restaurants at the time anyway. Mm. Uh, and I knew I wasn't cooking for myself and kind of, they, they had good principles. They tried to source as much locally and from, and good purveyors. So, you know, their perspective was just different than mine. And I, you know, honored that too. So yeah. That's how I started. Um, and then I was at that college only for a year and decided that I needed to go to culinary school because that's where my life was headed. And while learning about romantic literature and German was phenomenal and loved it, it was not exactly what I wanted to do with my life. So uh, I transferred to a college called the Culinary Institute of America, which is in Hyde Park, New York. Uh, and I got my associates there as well as my bachelor's. So uh, very traditional French culinary school. I was known as the vegan because <laughs> I was that different. Um, but I worked off of sight, touch and smell. So I went through the program uh, and, you know, I'm just so honored and happy that Escoffier now has a fully plant-based program. So uh, people can have a different experience than what I had in culinary school. <laughs> that is such an amazing story. I mean, 14 <laughs> is is a young age and quite... <laughs> quite a tricky age you know you're sort of yeah. going through puberty and you're a bit mm -hmm. sort of self-conscious aren't you about mm -hmm. what people think of you and you know and, and I love the fact it was just a bet during a frisbee <laughs> <laughs> I think it helped that you know thinking back when I was four I, I was in the punk scene you know it's kind of like stick it to the man type so I right. think it 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 made sense but yeah 14 is a any teenage years or difficult years, honestly, even early 20s, I think for most people are, you're trying to find your way in the world. Um, yeah. And so easy to lean into what other people think or how other people define you. So definitely. Yeah. Well, it's incredible that you did, because obviously it's led you on this amazing <laughs> sort of journey. Um, so when you were at the French, um, studying at the French college, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. did you have to deal with meat and fish and things like that? Oh, yeah. Um, so our first couple, you know, we have foundational skills classes, knife skills, things like that. Um, but they had fabrication courses. So one specifically on um, kind of land animals and one on sea animals. 
And uh, I candidly, you know, I'd been working this in the industry prior to going, so it wasn't totally foreign, but I will say I definitely had some um, psychological breakdowns in my head going through the process. <laughs> yeah, because I presume as well, it wasn't just cutting up a chicken breast. It would have been like sort of the whole... Very visceral. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I at, at that point, I had to kind of sit down with myself and um, I mean, I knew that I wanted to be in the industry and at the time there weren't any programs. There, there were a couple yeah. in the States where they had some options, but you were still working with animal products anyway. And it was a great school. So I kind of took it as, you know, somebody is going to consume this. So I want to honor the animal for everything that it provided in its life and everything that we're kind of extracting from it. So I tried to be as good about the yields and and trying to be very respectful in that process. So it was very mentally jarring, um, but I, I was able to kind of find terms with it for myself. Yeah. Mm. But that, you know, not all vegans um, feel that way or, you know, would want to do it or could do it. And, yeah. and that's totally fine too. You know, everybody's got their own path. Yeah. So. Well, like you say, it's great that Scopio have got the plant-based programs now. <laughs> and, and obviously, you know, things are moving on all the time, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell, tell us about the training programs then, because I know... I know there's like two sites in America, but in terms mm-hmm. of like in the UK, we can access these courses online. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Escoffier has two on-ground campuses. One is in Boulder, Colorado, and then one is in Austin, Texas. They are awesome. Uh, s- smaller campuses, but phenomenal faculty. They do some really cool stuff. Uh, but then we have this massive online program, which I love because we have some students from across the globe. I once when I was uh, teaching classes, I I once had a student who was living in an Airbnb in France and traveling with his girlfriend before he started working on yachts. So like, it's a really amazing way for people who either aren't in the industry yet or who have an alternative lifestyle to be able to learn these skills. So Mm. um, online, we have two plant-based programs. One is the diploma program, and then one is an associate's program. So the practical courses are the same, but for the associates, then you do general education. So um, food history, nutrition, accounting, all those fun things, but very <laughs> important, very important too. So, yeah. um, but with the plant-based classes, we start with plant-based foundations. So much like any other culinary program, we start with knife skills and understanding cooking techniques. Uh, you know, All of the recipes are vegan and uh, we, we take it from that perspective. Like we're a classical French school as well. Auguste Escoffier is a, a major player uh, historically and still to this day when it comes to cuisines. Um, but we take it from, you know, hyper focusing on on plant products. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have three foundation classes. The first one is a lot of knife skills and um, cooking methods. The second one is focused on socks and soups, as well as grain and legume cookery, because there's so many different things you can do with a lentil. Yeah. You know? And we know this, but so many people are like, I can't, I can't count how many times when I was in culinary school, people would ask me, what do I eat? Or like, where do I get my protein? I got to this point where I was like, I just photosynthesize. What do you think I do? You know, but um, <laughs> so that's our second course, very focused stock soups grains and legumes. And then the third kind of foundation course, we focus on plant-based 
other proteins. So we do a week on tofu, a week on tempeh, a week on seitan where they make it from scratch. And then we we have kind of uh, some bonus uh, weeks on, on stir fry and meal composition. Um, then we do two classes on plant-based pastry work, which is amazing because uh, you know, not everybody knows how to use aquafaba in the right application or uh, can make a delicious vegan brownie that, uh, you know, doesn't make people sad. <laughs> so uh, so those are amazing classes. We even go through making vegan brioche and, and really getting into bread work as well and, and making cakes too. Uh, and then we progress on to a couple courses, one on sustainability. So it's six weeks kind of navigating through the seasons and how to really highlight fresh in-season produce where wherever you are. You know, we kind of have a, a relatively normal, not normal, I would say northern hemisphere cadence to the seasons, but at the same time, we always talk about, you know, if you're in a different area, you have a microclimate or your southern hemisphere, you know, these seasons are going to be different. Uh, and then we do a course on plant-based approaches to wellness. So talking through uh macrobiotics, Ayurveda, um, even looking at some traditional Chinese medicine, yin and yang, and seeing how people look at food as a way to heal. And then the last two courses that are practical focus on cuisines. So we cover multiple different countries and uh, focus on dishes that either are inherently plant-based or modifications that make sense so that you kind of get that honor tradition of that cuisine. Um, yeah. And we also have some business courses along that, but those are the the, the cooking portion. <laughs> They sound amazing. I mean, I'd love to learn even half those skills. <laughs> I think um, I think so many of us, and I'm sure our listeners will resonate with this, mm -hmm. when you do go vegan, you kind of tend to cook from scratch a lot more. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we are, you know, blessed or cursed, however yeah. you want to look at it, with yeah. a lot of processed products now. But I think... Yeah. Generally, if people, you know, go vegan, they they do care about their health and they want to, mm -hmm. you know, and sort of learn these new skills and stuff. So mm -hmm. for anyone that might not, you know, go ahead and and sort of take up the Escoffier yeah. courses, <laughs> can you share some tips with us? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, let's start with kitchen tools. What could you not yeah. live without? Oh, kitchen tools are, you know, some some chefs love their gadgets, and I think some home home cooks do as well. Uh, for me, my top three would be my chef's knife because you need it for pretty much everything, and you need to have a good one, um, and also take care of it so it's nice and sharp, and you don't cut yourself. Uh, my second one though is actually a microplane or a grater zester, uh, just because you can do so many beautiful dishes by zesting lemon zest or, or lime zest over and getting the essential oils into the dish and just kind of making it pop. And it's really difficult to do that without a grater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and my third one is a high-speed blender. So I, I personally have a Vitamix that I've uh, I've had for a very long time now. It's very durable, but honestly, any high-speed blender, because when we're thinking about plant-based sauces and trying to make that nice creamy consistency, especially for using something like cashews or even silken tofu, we need it to really blend through. And you can't can't really replicate that even with it. I love mortar and pestles, but you can't really replicate it without that high speed blender. So no, those are my top three. <laughs> not without getting a sore arm anyway. I've tried it. <laughs> well, it's great to hear that, you know, those are quite basic things that most mm -hmm. of us have in our kitchens mm -hmm. already. I mean, yeah. the, the, the chopping thing, how on earth do you, you know, you see it on TV and they're going so fast. I just, mm -hmm. you know, is there like a secret or do you have to just like <laughs> practice and practice? That's the secret is practice and yeah. practice. I will say that the 
two key things there is how you're holding your knife and how you're kind of grabbing the produce. So we like to call it the claw grip. So basically, if you're chopping an onion or bell pepper or something like that, you want to keep your fingers tucked back as well as your thumb. But, you know, so while you're cutting, your knife is essentially right up against your knuckles. But you always know where your fingers are because they're tucked back and you always know where that knife is. Now, if if you don't have that technique down, you can't go fast because you're going to lose a digit or, or a few. <laughs> and um, it's always really important. We even tell our students, you know, the speed comes with time. Uh, and candidly, even professional chefs that have been in the industry for decades cut themselves at some point, usually because we're thinking about something else or looking at something else. So it's, you know, it's practice, but it's also being mindful. Uh, I think a lot of us think about cooking, not necessarily as a mindfulness exercise, but it absolutely can't be. So that's, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch people chop that fast. And I, yeah. you know, at this point can as well, but it's, you, you can't start that way. You're going to, you're going to lose something in the process. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. I, I absolutely hate chopping onions. It's just my worst job in the world. <laughs> um, what about um, your favourite vegetables to cook with then? Do you mm. have some that are like, you know, you particularly love because you mm-hmm. can do really cool things with them or they're really popular mm. with customers? That's a great question. You know, for me personally, it's it's kind of like when people ask me what my favorite thing to cook is, it's like, well, it depends on who I'm cooking for. And it also depends on like my mood and the season. You know, there's a there's a lot of changes there. And kind of similar with vegetables, you know, there's just an abundance of color, texture, flavors with all vegetables. So it's really difficult to like be like, this is the penultimate veggie. But <laughs> um you know, I, I love a good eggplant because you can do so many different things. And I, I think the texture can really surprise people depending on how you prepare it. Um, I also, I'm such a sucker for sweet potatoes. I have too many like favorite childhood food memories with sweet potatoes. Um, and it's also one of those uh, kind of mystical veggies that you can change the texture with by, you know, changing the cooking method that you use on it. Um, Otherwise, since we're leaning into the fall season here, I, I start craving Brussels sprouts, which I know for some people they're like, oh, overcooked Brussels oh, sprouts. I love, oh, no. I love but them. I love, I love Brussels sprouts, getting a good hard sear on it, nice golden brown, delicious, mm-hmm. or even shaving it nice and thin and making a really beautiful Brussels sprout salad. Um, I even I usually make kimchi with Brussels sprouts too. Oh, so wow. Um, yeah, you can get these cute little, you know, quartered uh Brussels sprouts that you have it packed in and you get, you know, the same flavor as, as a normal kimchi, but because it's a different cabbage it it looks different and has a different texture. It's, it's lovely. And it's, it's a, kind of a nice surprise for a lot yeah. of people. So oh, amazing. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, what, what about tricks for retaining more nutrients when we're mm. cooking then? Cause mm. I know there's a few things sort of, sort of, you know, when I speak to people now and again, people will mention mm-hmm. something. And I think, Oh, right. I didn't know that. So is there any, mm-hmm. any sort of, ways that we can ensure we we keep all those you know all the goodness in yeah so honestly the biggest thing is not overcooking veg because when you start to overcook it the nutrient density just starts to degrade um you know and and some people look at it too for like raw vegans uh, and having veggies go over that that 140 Fahrenheit. Um, sorry, I do Fahrenheit, <laughs> but um, oh. having having that carrying capacity. But honestly, some veggies like tomatoes, 
you have to have that heat exchange to create more lycopene in it. So it's not always about temperature. It's more about the length of time that you're cooking something, uh, just because the more you cook it, the more it breaks down. Um, so for me, that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, you can have a beautiful summer squash dish, but as soon as it starts getting mushy, you've, you've pretty much destroyed it, you know, and it's, it's also kind of sad. I, my grandmother's not, she was a lovely, uh, grower, but not a good cook. And oh. I, uh, she's, she's excellent at many other things, but cooking is not her forte. And, um, <laughs> you know, just the soupy yellow squash, uh, was not exactly, uh, ideal. And also, you know, just, it loses all of its nutrients at that point. So that's my thing is, is mostly taking care of the length of time that you're cooking something. Same thing, even with whole grains, we don't want to cook that quinoa until the point that it's unfurled and turned to into a mush because it's going to lose a lot of its nutrient um, nutrients that way. Mm. Yeah. I think it's that generation, isn't it? When, you know, going back to your grandmother, I know mm-hmm. mine, mine would sort of boil the, you know, the life out of all the cauliflower mm-hmm. and, and the Brussels sprouts. And <laughs> <you're sort> yeah. <laughs> of, you grow up thinking you don't actually like these vegetables, but when you right. learn to cook them properly. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's the thing thinking about, you know, Brussels sprouts. I don't know how many people are like, oh, I hate Brussels sprouts, never going to eat Brussels sprouts. My sister was that way. Uh, and I remember one time, I think it was for things. Yeah, I came home for something and I made a Brussels sprout salad. She's like, oh, this is fabulous course it didn't look like the brussels spout she normally has and that's the thing is i think as humans you know we eat something we go oh we don't like that and then associate that that item with everything rather than going okay well maybe it was the fact that it wasn't prepared the way i like it doesn't mean that it's not prepared correctly although overcooked brussels sprouts are not prepared (laughs) properly but um that being said you know there are a thousand maybe not a thousand but there are so many different ways that we can prepare vegetables that are exciting and really luscious and amazing um and it's just finding what what you like as a person because i know some people hate mushrooms but they may also have had mushrooms that weren't seared so they don't have that same complexity of flavor or that texture that they need you know yeah do you um do you like cooking vegetables to you know like you get the likes of Derek Sarno who mm-hmm. who obviously does a lot of things with mushrooms and he he you know makes them look and taste like steak the texture yeah. and the do you kind of like cooking that way or personally no, I respect it and appreciate that people do that. And I do think that there's a market for that type of cooking because, you know, everybody's on their own plant-based journey and, and some folks had to make the shift for health reasons and may miss certain textures or may miss certain visual cues. For me, I really like to celebrate the abundance of of the vegetables and, and grains the way that they are. So I try not to manipulate them too much, but it is fun to play every so often. If you're trying to make a vegan bacon using eggplant or something like that, it, it is cool to play around with the, the visual and um, kind of creating some excitement and wow for customers is also really beautiful and amazing. Uh, for me though, I, I really like to impress people with the veg just as is yeah <laughs> let the vegetable be the the star of the, the star show. exactly exactly <laughs> well going back to sort of you know health and nutrition um mm-hmm. obviously we're always told as children and as adults as well that greens mm-hmm. you know you've got to eat your greens they're the healthiest veg we mm-hmm. can eat and kale is you know the best 
Mm-hmm. Um, how can we add more greens to our meals and, and how do you make kale taste good? <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. You know, it's it's so funny because I greens are amazing and we should absolutely introduce more into our diets. But I do think that kale has sort of stolen the show in many ways where there are so many other greens like I mean, spinach was like that, particularly in the 90s and early 2000s. Spinach is also lovely, but it doesn't need to be on every single dish. Same thing with kale. Um, So, you know, thinking about Swiss chard or beet greens, even collards. Um, I was working on an organic farm, running a teaching kitchen for uh, quite a while. And, you know, we used to use the sweet potato greens and you can cook them very similarly to spinach. Obviously, that's not something you'll see on the market very much, but expanding your horizon on what? greens you consume can really help you increase how much you're you know eating them because then it's not oh god I have to have kale yet again yay <laughs> yeah. um that being said I do think kale get, get, sometimes gets a bad rap there are different varieties of kale too so like I love lacinato or dino kale I just love that texture particularly for making like white bean stews and incorporating it kind of right at the end so it still has a little bit of that vibrance to it um I actually personally don't really care for curly kale, but you know, everybody's got their thing. Um, You know, and that's the thing is you, you could create a a salad just with it, especially with kale, you can massage it. So it, it starts to break down the fibers within it uh, and it makes it a little bit more palatable. Um, But braising is also great for greens. Um, You know, thinking about that cook time and the nutrient nutrient density, uh, you know, some people will braise their greens until it's it's gone, particularly spinach. Like we certainly don't want the Popeye spinach, second, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thimble. But, you know, if you're braising kind of gently and also any of that liquid that releases out of it, there's a lot of great nutrients in it, too. Um, sometimes uh, we call it pot liquor. And, and that's really great to also consume. It's got tons of flavor to it. So I tend to try to incorporate that with stews. But, you know, spinach, since it's kind of it's not as fibrous. You can actually, you can sneak it into even smoothies and things like that and puree it. Um, one of my other tricks is uh, making sauces. So things like mole verde, where you can throw in even traditionally, even romaine and other greens like that. If you have it in a sauce, you certainly don't have that texture anymore, but you get all of those beautiful flavors. So um, sometimes playing around with different sauces or even thinking about pestos, you know, classically it's basil, but you could also put that in arugula or throw in some spinach or some other softer greens into it, it extend out that pesto because typically greens are a little bit cheaper than basil even, but yeah. um, it, it changes the flavor too. And you can do some really beautiful dishes with sauces. So those are my little tips. <laughs> uh, amazing tips. You're making me really hungry. <laughs> when you're saying about the um the liquid from, you know, from cooking or steaming the um the greens. I was just thinking mm-hmm. of my dad when I was growing up. You know when you sort of get bad skin as a teenager and he's like yeah. you should you should drink that you know, broccoli water or whatever. And I'm like, oh, don't be so ridiculous. But perhaps he was right. <laughs> you know, I, there's definitely a, a pairing capacity on it. With, with like steaming or boiling vegetables, I would probably not keep that liquid. But if you're like braising greens and you see uh, okay. the, the liquid, yeah. But I'm sure the, there's something to it because, you know, <laughs> the nutrients are coming out, particularly, you know, steaming or boiling. That's also when we were talking about ways to uh, keep in the nutrients you know, steaming can be a really great way because it doesn't have that direct contact with the water. Uh, and then from there, even blanching and shocking it. So basically, 
um, either steaming or with blanching, basically you submerge it into boiling water, but then you put it directly into ice cold water, which stops the cooking process. Um, and that helps kind of from inhibit some of the, those nutrients that would otherwise, if you're steaming broccoli for too long, and then it just, you can see the water turn green. You're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need your own cooking show. We, you know, oh. we literally like talk all night, just asking you questions. Um, well, just to finish. So yeah. for listeners who struggle with cooking from scratch, mm-hmm. whether that's through lack of skill, motivation, or time, mm-hmm. which is obviously a huge issue for so many of us. Probably, yeah. I presume even you, because you're yeah. at work all day. <laughs> you can't be cooking a three-course French meal every night, presumably. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to, even if I yeah. had the time. <laughs> but yeah, what, you know, do you have any tips for sort of like cutting corners and, and you know, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, my my biggest tip, particularly for those who either don't feel confident in the kitchen or just really are strapped with everything else going on in their life is um, we have this term in, in hospitality in general called mise en place, which is a French term for everything in its place. Now, easier said than done, obviously, but when you think about your week ahead of you, if you mentally plan for, okay, I want to eat a home-cooked meal, um, lunched and whatever, whatever, to, even breakfast. So when we're thinking about the week ahead, um, you know, may, maybe we have sports to attend to. Maybe we're trying to exercise in the morning or whenever we've got work, we've, you know, it may be caring for other people in our life, you know, so we want to consider we've got all this other stuff happening. So where do we want to take the time to prepare something, even if it's one meal throughout a week from there planning what that is, uh, and then, you know, going to the grocery store and purchasing for that. But I always recommend once you go and buy something from the grocery, try to plan for like an hour after the grocery store to start prepping things. So even if it's just cutting, you know, say you want to stir fry the night later, um, prepping all of your vegetables. So when you get home and you're exhausted already, the prep work is done. Because mm-hmm. honestly, that's what most people spend the most time on is night for. We just yeah. same same thing in kitchens. We make it look easy, but we spend pretty much the whole day prepping things for you know the half an hour that we actually eat it. So yeah. that's always my big thing is taking the time to prepare and think about you know if you're cutting to onions, you don't want to cut it once for one dish when it's a you know maybe a terrible process for you. You know, it's, <laughs> there are different veggies that do that for all of us or products. And if you're able to use, say, say we dice some onions, but you use a little bit for, say, a, a quinoa pilaf, but then you use the rest for a stir fry, you can, uh, I call it prep over. So basically you prep one thing, but you use it multiple times. Uh, and I find that that way it's in its place. It's been prepped out. So you can kind of pull back on the time when you're actually cooking because you have it all set up. Um you know, it, it's definitely a process though. And fig- everybody's got their own lifestyle. And I think we're all trying to figure out our lifestyle post pandemic still mm-hmm. also. Um, so even if it's the, the night before it, some people like it, some people don't, but um, chia pudding, you know, measuring out chia, putting in some coconut milk or another non-dairy milk, maybe adding a little bit of maple syrup or agave, just a little bit of sweetener and some cinnamon, uh, stir it and cover it in the fridge overnight. You have breakfast made. You can add some berries in the morning, maybe some toasted nuts, and you have it. But, you know, that's easier said than done for a lot of people. So it's it's taking the time to plan that takes a lot of the burden off, mm-hmm. at least for me. 
yeah yeah perhaps um anyone with kids like me we could get them to be doing all the chopping or sushi. yeah <laughs> yeah no and that's the thing is get your kids involved if you have children teenagers anyone significant other um sometimes <laughs> yeah. that's Sometimes it's not as soothing, but uh, but getting them involved in the process, then they have buy-in. They're excited to eat it too, uh, especially with kids, having them understand, you know, nutrient density or just the vibrancy of colors and having them advocate for really beautiful, you know, colorful foods as well. It's hard to get them excited if they're not a part of it. So it can be a beautiful, amazing family time that a lot of people would otherwise kind of not have. So yeah. totally recommend that. Um, they, they do make kiddo knives that are not sharp that, you know, so, uh, or put them on duties. Like if you are making something with kale, have them rip and tear it instead of using a knife, you know, just depends on how old the kid is, but yeah. there's a lot you can do with them. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to go and get my 10 year old off his uh, games machine now and Excellent. make him <laughs> <laughs> start massaging some kale. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Chef Stephanie, you've been so amazing. It's been really lovely to have you on the podcast. Likewise. As always, there's so much more we could cover, but you'll have to come mm. back again and chat to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. For anyone who's interested in, um, you know, finding out more about the Escoffier mm-hmm. uh, plant-based programs, they can head to the website, is it escoffier.com? .edu, yes. Edu, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Simply Vegan Podcast. You can find us over on veganfoodandliving.com. Sign up to our newsletters if you want to hear more from us um, in between episodes. And also don't forget to like and subscribe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.